Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. All right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, our rest, fellow wrestlers out there. Uh, welcome back. Episode six of uh, Samurai Brothers Wrestling, uh, our podcast. Uh, I'm John. I'm here with my brother Matthew, and uh, we're back to talk uh, some wrestling again. This is kind of the post, uh, you know, this is post wrestling, you know, season. Uh, the NCAA days are done. Very, very much most of the um, state tournaments are done at this point because. Uh, we've gotten into, we're starting to do a lot of uh, national tournaments. There's a lot of uh, USA wrestling events going on right now. So what we're going to do is, uh, um, Matthew, our, our first topics tonight, uh, you know, just to kind of see uh, stuff that's going on. We're going to talk about uh, the tournament we talked about last week. Now, um, you and I, I think we we did, we didn't necessarily know which tournament this was going to be, but uh, the tournament we're going to just kind of uh, review in short is going to be the National High School Coaches Association uh, folk style nationals. And uh, it seems that that's, a, that's an open tournament for middle schoolers and, and high schoolers to try and, and boost their profile, you know, on the national stage. Because if you place top eight, you're an All-American, very much like, you know, the you know, national tournaments at the, at the college level. So this is kind of to, this is to give, you know, those wrestlers a, a, a profile boost. And it also actually qualifies them for the, the bigger tournament, which is um, the United States Marine Corps folk style nationals, which is actually going to be coming up uh, this upcoming weekend. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, later on in in the uh, the program tonight. So Matthew, uh, welcome, and uh, hope you've been having a, a, a great week. And uh, you know I'm you know things got pretty exciting as we discussed last week about you know just the how things went. Penn State, you know, taking taking the title and in, in convincing fashion, you know, five of five of five, you know, champions, you know, for the for the finals, and it's just amazing what what kale you know does for that penn state program don't you agree uh yeah and as a matter of fact i actually got a little bit of insight from what kale has said versus what uh brands has said on basically their philosophies of coaching which is that kale wants to help these guys accomplish their dreams which in five cases they became ncaa champions Whereas brands is just like, oh, I wish I could accomplish that. <laughs> so, it, and like I said, brands is kind of more of an intent. It's, I, and I've met, like, I've met brands in person. I've met his brother, Terry, and they're really intense guys. They're, oh, so yeah. they, they've, they've got, they've got more of like a philosophy of intensity. And while, as I just as a, as I've said before, while that does produce results, you do also have someone like Kale who's just like, well, let's work hard, but let's have fun doing it, which is um, has also been brought up uh, 
in broadcast at the NCA where the commentators are just like, let's go, where commentators are saying, and that Kel says, let's go have fun. And if you think about it, that's kind of something that I think was probably brought on to him by Bobby Douglas. Uh, Gable, I don't know if Gable had necessarily like a this big old intensity, but he doesn't look like the type of guy who's, who is just like, go, 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 go. He's, 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 he would, but it might've gone, whereas Kale, on the other hand, as I said, he had, he's kind of got a little bit more of a philosophy. And I feel like, like I said, I feel like Bobby Douglas was just more of a positive guy. Like I said, I, I don't think. Uh, Dan Gable um, was necessarily a negative guy. He just got a different way of going about. Well, Gable definitely, Gable definitely seems like a guy who's like, he's going in there to do business. He's going to go in, do his thing, walk off the mat and be like, you know, just whatever. Well, you're talking about a guy who after he, uh, the day after he, he won his gold medal, he went for a run. Who go? I can, I can I can tell you right now there was no day after uh, like at, at at the end of my postseason or the day after I went for a run there was no day whereas G- Gable you know, it's yeah the day after he won his Olympic gold medal he goes for a run and I I think that was the the what was it the Zurich um this uh, i think it was the 72 olympics yeah the 72 olympics so he's i i believe that he was in germany at the time so he goes for a run out in germany and just like (laughs) whereas i i have no idea if kale did the same thing necessarily yeah that would be interesting it's like kale what did you do the day after you uh you won the gold medal and uh you know just to just to see what his uh response to that was well, yeah, those, yeah, well, and if you think of, if you think about it, you know, those two both won one gold medal. I mean, they were known for these careers, but then of course now they've been. I would argue that in both cases, they're uh, well. Kale accomplished something very unique. Gable was definitely up there, but let's face it: if if he the best he could have done was tied Dan Hodge. Dan Hodge has an award named after him at the championships, and I'm. While there is stuff named after Gable, you know, G- Gable's legacy was more as a coach. And whereas Kale, you know, has kind of a stat, uh, you know, he's in this very small club, but then on top of that, he has he, um, accomplished something that no one ever accomplished, which is going completely undefeated uh, in your four years of eligibility in college. So, which. By the way, for everyone, you know, right now it's um, uh, our our wrestler from uh, Missouri. Um, gosh, man, I'm already forgetting stuff because I'm, you know, just got my head filled with all the the, the stuff we're going to talk about today. But uh, you know, our boy from uh, uh, Missouri. Uh, let me see here. Let me get his name out there. O'Toole, yes, Keegan O'Toole. Uh, you know, he is undefeated in his, his freshman season. So he does have a chance to tie, you know, Kale. Will he do it? I mean, you know, anything can happen in in wrestling. You know, it it doesn't matter. You can be ranked number one and you can get knocked off in your first match. We've seen that happen time and time again. But, you know, there is that, that possibility of happening. 
Um, another thing I'd like to point out, Matt, since you mentioned Dan, uh, you know, Hodge and the, uh, the Hodge trophy, uh, the winner this year did go to Gable Stevenson and, uh, he is officially the only heavyweight wrestler to win the award twice. Um, according to, uh, posts I'm seeing on IG. So congratulations to Gable, uh, for that, uh, winning that award. You know, I think it, uh, you know, you have to accomplish quite a lot, you know, in the tournament to be able to do that. So, and the fact that he's the only heavyweight to do it twice, I think speaks volumes to his achievements too. Well, and on top of that, I guess that could add to his marketability in, um, uh, in, um, in, in the, in the WWE. You know, I would very, I would very much like to see what would happen if they were like to do, try to do some kind of like passing of the torch between him and, either Bobby Lashley or, or uh, Brock Lesnar. Of course, some, um, I yeah. don't know. It, it, w- it would definitely be something interesting because if you think about it, those two kind of have the same, uh, it's the same gimmicks, which is that they're these big muscular, muscular, actual wrestlers who have, who have gone and actually been able to do some like pro wrestling uh, or some, some MMA work. So they've established themselves as kind of like these old-fashioned shoot fighters, which was kind of the standard for pro wrestling for the longest time. Well, and the other thing is, you know, um, you know, uh, Brock Lesnar and Gable have something very much in common. And they're both from the University of Minnesota, and they both are heavyweights, winning the national title. So, you know, there's there's things to. Oh yeah, Brock wrestled under Jay Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yep. One of the main champions he produced. So anyway, Matthew, uh, shall we get right into uh, what we're going to uh, discuss today then? Um, So first thing offhand, again, uh, just kind of wanted to review uh, how uh, the National High School Coaching Association, uh, uh, not freestyle, folk style tournament went. Uh, So you have, um, this was basically a tournament. Uh, They had it divided into six divisions, which was uh, girls all together. And then you had middle school boys, uh, freshman boys, sophomore, junior, and seniors. So now, I do have a question about the middle school boys because um, the definition is, kind, is not uniform, even across school districts within the same state. When I went, the the middle school that I went to was sixth, seventh, eighth. What's the divisions? What's 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 what are they? What school? Um... Oh, I have to look it up. But at least you know my understanding these days is that most if most states are gonna the the definition of middle school is going to be sixth, seventh, and eighth. Now I remember uh, before we moved to Japan uh, when I was going to. Um, you know, elementary school, you know, our elementary school went up to sixth grade. And then the, the middle school that was uh, a block down was seven and eighth only. So, you know, I, I think they, they've obviously changed that definition since then, but I would be interested, you know, like you're saying, what, what is the actual, um, well, and like I said, it's not uniform across school districts. Like our our cousin, um, I think he went to a sixth, seventh, eighth. But um, like for example, our neighbor, um, 
I think he went to a seventh day in Oregon, and that's both in Orange County. Mm-hmm. So even with even across school districts, I don't think it's necessarily so, uniform. So I am looking at the website and the NHSCA, uh, the way they have it is it is six, seven, and eight. Okay. Uh, that probably that probably just makes it for those who because for some of these kids might still be in elementary school, but I think they'll do that just because of the new um, the new definition is six, seventh, eighth. Well, one thing, to remember- one, thing, one thing I am curious about, though, um, I think in, um, no, I don't know the for certain, and I'm trying to look up to see what their, their rules are based on this, but I think for middle school, they might have boys and girls wrestling together. I don't know that's the case, but that's why I'm trying to look it up right now. But at least what they're saying for the girls, it's basically if you were enrolled in 9 through 12, that, you know, that means you're in the girls division. Um Whatever your eligibility was, you know, if you're on the boys side, your eligibility is based on what, you know, your eligibility was for the academic school year. So if you were a freshman, um, you know, then that's well, still technically the school year. Right. So I think you would just go by by that definition. Yeah. So I'm looking at this. They don't really define, you know, whether it's boys and girls for middle school. So, you know. Well, if, you know, if it's let's obviously not getting too much into the issue, but I think middle school is still when it's pretty, uh, uh um, yeah, pretty, pretty equal. It, it's still pretty equal at that point. The boys haven't met, uh, they might be hitting their growth spurt, but they're not like weight class wise. They're not, unless they're like cutting mega weight, which you should not be doing in middle school. They, they're not going to be, these, you know, big behemoth muscular boys. Unless, they're, unless you're that one kid, it, my eighth grade year, one of the guy, one of the kid, seventh graders on the wrestling team was 280 pounds, and he was not like all fat. He was just big boy, probably like on his on his way to becoming a uh, um, a high school linebacker or something. Probably <laughs> defensive something. defensive lineman. Yeah. So I, I am looking at the at the middle school. Um, I think it might be. I think it might be a uh, a boys only division. But you know, you know, my eighth my eighth grade year was very interesting. I got I gotta say that eighth grade year in wrestling, like I went undefeated. I beat two team captains from other teams. Uh, so I was the Kanto Plains League champion. But there was just some interesting stuff going on. Like that was the first time that we had girls on the team, mm-hmm. but an interesting thing we had a heavyweight girl, <laughs> and because of how few like giant heavyweights there were, because they went round robins in the tournaments, it's like she and the big guy would always wrestle this one other guy, who, and it was it was very interesting, <laughs> to say the least. So let's uh, I'm gonna screen share real quick just to. Have everybody see um, the basically this is this is the placers. Uh, Matthew, can you see this? Is this is from Flo's uh, website? So uh, just to kind of go over who placed for uh, California, um, there uh, I was seeing at one hundred and three. You had uh, very regional here, right? State, state loyalty. 
yeah, yeah, we're, you know, we're, uh, we're home, homegrown, you know, halfway in, in uh, California and then homegrown halfway in Japan, you could say, but, you know, we're, we're doing what we can. Um, Kehlani Schufelt from Huntington Beach, and I checked Matthew the records, and she is from Marina High School, and she was one oh, of the, so she was one of the finalists at the CIF State Tournament. Oh, so she was one of the part of that state championship. <laughs> you know, I, I I mentioned this to Dad because uh, you know I I you know I live with our parents, and I mentioned that to Dad, and he's like, "What? <laughs> oh, I mentioned that to our aunt." Who was also from Marina, and she was she was like, "What?" <laughs> the first, the first state, yeah, like, probably yeah. the first state title in anything that Marina High School has won. Yeah, I'd, I'd be kind of curious to find that out if, if they've ever won anything before. Uh, they probably, you know, they probably, uh, you know, another another um, alumni from uh, from Marina High School is Victoria Anthony. Um, who you would probably, you know, oh, yeah, world, uh, placer. I, think, I think she is a world champion, yeah, world champion, CIF, and, CIF champion back when it was there was only one division. And uh, I had the opportunity to meet her, um, at, at judo champion, judo national champion, um, at Santa Ana College. You know, we we did a clinic for for um, for girls uh one year and uh you know um one of our coaches talked to her and and got her to come out and you know she put out a clinic and stuff uh very good thing you know talking about life experiences and how you know when she had to wrestle you know she obviously had to wrestle with the boys then and stuff but you know very very nice person uh to be around and um i think uh, she's also been getting into mma uh recently too Oh, oh really she's going into it Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we got Kehlani. Because one of, one of her contemporaries, you know, Tatiana uh, Padilla Suarez, mm-hmm. uh, also um, a world champion. Um, uh, you know, she she's in the UFC, mm-hmm. but she's been dealing with some injuries lately. Something crazy about her. She was, you know, in high school, she wrestled at, in 135 but i think she wrestled in um like fifth like uh, 50 like i don't i don't know like 53 kilos or whatever it was when she wouldn't she want to like world title or something like that and then in mma so far in the ufc she's been cutting down to 115 she's undefeated and then she but she's saying i think i'm going to go back to 125 because uh the weight cut t- took too much out of me that i was essentially fighting tired like you were fighting tired and everyone was and she dominated those matches she hasn't had a close fight her entire and i was just like you didn't know oh, you're tired oh i'd love to see her when she's when she's like fully going in full full strength but that's going to be an interesting division because um uh you've got valentina shevchenko who has a judo background. I, she might have a sambo background, Muay Thai background. Who's who? A lot of people consider her the best uh, female uh, fighter right now since Amanda Nunez lost. Pound? Yeah, pound for pound because Amanda Nunez lost to Juliana Pena. So it that's that would be in, but yeah, that would be interesting. But yeah, it's, it's I'd love to see what what Victoria does if she does MMA. 
That'd be interesting. I'd also like to see what Helen Marlis would be able to do in MMA because, uh, yeah, my 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 teammate, one of my one of the few claims to hit fame I have at MOBAP is that I could say I was a teammate of Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> so anyway, just to kind of get back on track here. So um, anyway, moving up. Uh, so then at uh, 112 pounds. Uh, we had two wrestlers, and they actually faced each other in the 7-8 match. Vanessa Alvarado uh, from uh, and Bakersfield, and, and this, is, this is just where they're from. This, this wasn't necessarily their high schools. Uh, I don't think they were assigning them by teams. And then you got Mackenzie Muniz of Riverside. Uh, I checked, and these two did not, were, did not wrestle at the state tournament. So either they were missed it at Masters or something. So they may or may not you know, may or may not be seeing them, you know, in the state tournament. I know we won't be seeing Kehlani because she was a senior this year, so she'll be moving on to bigger and better things, hopefully. Um, um, it, the, I forgot, does this, does placing in this tournament qualify you for the, for the, um, the, the um, showcase tournament? Yes. Okay, so these, these two girls who... Didn't yeah, they can, they can, they can go and wrestle for that for the show. They, they didn't even uh, place, and they were able to make it into the. the I'll have to double check to make sure if, if it's the, sh- the showcase tournament, spe- you know, specifically for you know, if it's for boys only or girls. I'm 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 not a hundred percent sure, but I'll I'll make sure to we can look at the at the site just to make sure. But this, you know, the way talking, it was talking about this tournament is interesting because it it makes the the um it makes the high school postseason a little bit more interesting. Well, and, you know, and it's not necessarily, you know, when you're looking at this, you can see how each state compares to everyone, but this isn't necessarily, not necessarily everyone is at this tournament. You know, these are the people trying to qualify for these are people. Yeah. These are people that are trying to qualify. I mean, you know, Miss Kalani. She placed second at the CIF girls tournament back, you know, earlier this month. She didn't necessarily have to wrestle this tournament. My guess is, you know, one of the things that's a possibility is that, you know, maybe they got something going on, so they can't go to the upcoming tournament, but they had time this weekend. You know, there's, there's always that, you know, it's like some people will go better, to, or maybe she's trying to get a better seed. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's possible too. Sometimes you got people they'll they'll go to the the Cal Open, but they won't go to the U.S. Open. Or they might, like you said, that that's a very good point. They might be trying to do the Cal Open so that they can improve their standing at the at the U.S. Open. But um, you know, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, you know, how if these if these wrestlers are going on to the the showcase tournament. Um, so. Let me see here. At 120 pounds, uh, Carissa Koreshi from Irvine, she placed second. And uh, I did check. She was a placer uh, at the tournament. And uh, I think she was a junior, if I was reading um, it right. Uh, let me see if I can find her on here. You know, I noticed that she lost to a, a New York gal in the finals. I, um, my understanding is New York is another one of those states that um has a pretty good uh history of wrestling 
Not mm-hmm. only that, but they're also, in addition to California, they're one of the few states that has a single tournament. Right, right. Them and I believe New Jersey is another one as well. Jersey, I would not be surprised. I mean, you know, aside from... Well, uh, Jersey makes perfect sense because it there might be a higher population density, but they're they're a smaller state. It makes it would make more sense if the smaller states are the ones. Even though they might have. be a smaller population, my understanding is Jersey is actually a very high intense level state when it comes to the level of wrestling there. Yeah, that, that that's my understanding also, too. You, you've got some of the best prep schools. Uh, there, um, you know, you've got some of the best recruits. I mean, look at look at Suriano. Suriano's a New Jersey, you know, guy. Um, well, you know, and it, in he addition, wrestled in the twenty five yeah. finals was also from is also from New Jersey. Well, yeah, and um, I should note that uh, that was something because we actually had when I was at Mobap, we actually got a few uh, wrestlers from New Jersey. I mean, if you have to look at, you know, the, the, the levels, I mean, obviously Oklahoma is going to be up there. Iowa is going to be up there. Pennsylvania, I think is consistently up there. That's one of the reasons, uh, just giving another background, that's actually one of the reasons why um, Kale chose Penn state when it came to going somewhere else was because he knew that there was a lot of homegrown talent there. Obviously you get people from all over the country. But he knew that there was a lot of homegrown talent there. So he knew that that was a good place where, if necessary, you could just put, you know, you could get everyone feeder straight into Penn State. From right. the state. And, and like we've mentioned before, who would not want to wrestle for Kale Sanderson? Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think it would have to come down to like loyalty. Like if you're an Iowa guy, you want to go to Iowa and you want to wrestle for Tom Brands. If you're in Oklahoma, if you're from Oklahoma, you want to go to Oklahoma State and you want to wrestle for John Smith. It's just one of it's more of a state loyalty thing than anything. So yeah, so yeah, she did. So because because Kale did wrestle at Iowa State, if you know, he could also make that that case of you know. But he's not an Iowa native. No, he's from Utah. Land of the Prophets. Anyway, so yeah, so we've got Koreshi from Irvine, so she placed second. Um, if we're if we're going down the list, um, you know, just kind of now it looks like 128 was pretty stacked when it came to California girls because half the placers were from California. Giselle Guerrero, Downey, uh, Candace Boyd, Boyd, Bakersfield, uh, Jasmine Molina, La Mirada, Stacy Gillard, Newport Beach. Is uh is she is she Marina? No, she she was from I think her high school is Newport Harbor. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah, none of uh none of these girls are from uh Marina, but you know, I think uh and I think a few of these girls were uh placers at the state too. Um, but you know that that tells you how stacked that that weight class was in terms of there's a few California girls at uh, 136 as well. Yes, so uh, you got Stephanie Chavez from uh, Downey, and then you have uh, Charlize Jewell from Tustin, and her high school is Foothill. So Foothill. Oh. Well, uh, well, just talking about Foothill, you know, you're uh, well, uh, I have, um, 
What was his name? Who was the three guy state champion who always wrestled with uh, with um, Zach? Brian Moreno. Yeah, Brian Moreno probably could have done well at at. Set. Well, part of his problem was he didn't. My understanding is he unfortunately, even though he was a three time state t- uh, champion, he unfor- my understanding was he unfortunately didn't have the grades, and um, one twenty five was stacked at the time at at Sac. So yeah. It was it was a bummer because he probably could have gone would have been, far. Would have been interesting. Would have been interesting, yeah. definitely. He probably he should have gone in and just did a red shirt. Should have. Uh, at one forty four, uh, we've got Alexis Jimenez. Um, doesn't really say where she's from. Uh, she took third. Um, Aliyah Pineda from Cyprus, and I think if I were to look at um no sorry that's not so she was oh she's from uh, valencia so that's kind of interesting so yeah she's from valencia high school oh mo's high school yeah Mo's still there right you you're you're aware. Yeah, actually actually when um uh when i was when i was uh roughing cif at temecula valencia was the Empire League happened to be in that division. So, yes, I did see Mo, and uh, he asked about you. So he said hi and everything and just told him how you're doing. Such a, he was always such a nice guy. He was always yeah. – for, for those of you who don't know, Matt Mahoney was one of the assistant coaches while, while I was at, in, in high school. And he was always such a – he was a nice guy. He came – he was, like, one of the first guys that Stewart coached at high school. He was the, he was the son of the football coach at the time. And and even when I was there, and he he was just the nicest guy. He actually went to he actually went to Cal Poly. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he went to yeah he he uh I think it was pre John Azevedo. I don't know who was before that, but it was pre John Azevedo. Yeah, but so. yeah, he it nicest 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 guy. So yeah, just a shout out to uh, Coach Mahoney, Valencia High School. Miss yeah. you, Mo. Mahoney and Tuvi. <laughs> There's actually a song that says Baholia to me. Yeah, nicest guy. So, so here, here's one where the where the result stuck. And uh, 160 pounds, Kalila Shrive. Um, it says she's from Tracy. Now she won her weight class. And when I looked, um, where's the brackets? She was the 160 uh, champion. Uh, from Merrill West High School, so it looks like that's in the San, um, the Sac Joaquin um, section. So she won that weight class, CIF State, and then she, you know, applied that um, at the national tournament. Although it looks like she had a close finals; it was five to two. So you know, obviously, that's uh, um, as we've seen from a lot of. Um, a lot of times, depending on the level, it's like girls matches, you know, finish pretty quickly. So wow, the heavyweight. There were not a whole lot of heavyweights. Oh no, no, yeah. It looks like there was there none. were four. So yeah, one eighty five. We had a four. placer. Uh one eighty uh we had actually two placers, and then yeah, it looks like there was only two girls, although probably if I were to there look there were at, four. I could see them. There were four. If I were to look at the brackets. Yep. 
Oh, there were six. Oh, there was five. There, oh, there were five, okay. But I guess in their case, they did not place the... Uh, they decided not to show the, the, the top uh, placer. But, uh, eh, you know, it is, it is what it is. So um, after counting it, Matthew, I, I made sure to keep count of it. And so there were 14 um, girls who ended up uh, placing... Uh, at this tournament from California. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I went into how uh, Let's get everyone... to middle schoolers, there's not, it's like the, these, we have. Well, yeah, I did. I did. Um, I did take count. So I don't know if you see the list I have of my notes. Um, probably not. Just say how many middle schoolers there were from California. Yeah. So there were, there was one middle schooler <laughs> who, uh, who placed. So, you know, well, they'll just have to, they'll just have to develop you know, and give them time and, you know, something will, something will come out of it, uh, you know, regarding uh, them. Although it looks like the biggest middle school weight class is 230 pounds. So if you're, if you're only 13 years old, you know, the, the biggest you can be on a wrestling tournament is 230 pounds. So, you know, just make sure you don't eat too much barbecue or something. (laughs) Um, anyway, so if, if well, I unless, look, unless you're, uh, unless you're, what's the kid, the, um, the, the Yates, Tra- Travis Yates, I, he, he was a big middle schooler. I think he was like, he was two something. Yeah. He was, he was big. Um, so freshmen, there were only two freshmen. Um, I know that I found this Alden Simmons from Bakersfield. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try and figure out if he placed or not. Maybe he did. If he did, great. Um, you know, I'm just kind of recognizing them here, uh, you know, just to make sure we're, we're, we're seeing. And then I think the other freshman was a bit on the heavier side um, that placed. Yeah, here he is. Adam Stanley from Bakersfield, uh, California. Well, so, Bakersfield so go figure. But then the interesting thing was that there was actually a lot of sophomores at place. There were nine sophomores from California that ended up placing at this tournament. Um, I think the really, the really big profile name on here is at 113, Isaiah Cantero from El Dorado High School. Oh. Uh, was, he was the state champion, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, from the, you know, someone representing from, from the OC uh, Wait, he was a state champion, so he could have gone to the other tournament. Well, you know, he may be going to the other tournament. I mean, you know, just the fact that he goes out and wins this tournament, you know, certainly boosts his profile. This is probably, well, uh, you know, I mean, he's guaranteed to be at that tournament now. If he's, you gotta, you gotta wonder what Scott Lawson is thinking. I don't know what Scott is thinking on this. I don't know what. No, no, no not Scott. Steve oh Lawson. yeah, you're right, Steve Lawson. Steve I got, Lawson. I got the brother of Vic. Right. I don't even know what happened to Scott Lawson. He, Isn't he coaching out in uh, the in so uh, the Empire somewhere? Last time I saw Scott Lawson, he was coaching for a school out in Corona, I believe. I, I, I think it was like Santiago. Yeah, Santiago Corona. I yeah, think. there's two. There's there's Corona High School and then there's Santiago Corona. 
Uh, he actually did pretty well coaching there, as, as I recall. So I, I'd have to look yes, up to the, the the Lawson brothers. There, there, there was a third Lawson brother who wrestled, but I don't think he was involved in uh, in the coaching side of things. That was Scott and Steve. Well, anyways, so yeah, I guess I guess for our audience who wasn't familiar with it, we'll just say that Steve Lawson is an interesting person. We'll just say he's, that and leave it at that. <laughs> um. So let me see here. Yes. So we do have a, a second place finisher. Here's an interesting match. So um, Richard Murillo from Moreno Valley. Now he lost his match 26 to 14. <laughs> so. Doing um, takedowns on each other? They must have been. I mean. Now I've, I've, I actually. It sounds, this sounds like some kind of takedown oh, derby. Yeah. Math. Uh, so I actually officiated a match at CIF where the the guy scored a combined thirty plus points, but that was that was in like a a, a consolation match or something. But you know, to have a to have a forty point finals, uh, yeah, that's quite something. So <laughs> you know how that goes, I don't know, but uh, yeah, that's interesting to, to see that. You don't see, you you just, you don't see that a whole lot. So at I all. Think in, I, in, in any situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, so uh, I think this Christian Herrera at 126 from Bakersfield, the name looks familiar. I think I saw it on the, on the placings. Uh, let me see if it does. It may or may not be coming up. Was not not looking like it, but I, I swear. Yeah, I just... I'm not seeing it either. Yeah, here he is. So he got to. So yeah, it looks like he he did qualify for the CIF state, but it looks like he was out after. Um, he was the ninth place finisher for the central section and yet here he is um so yeah he goes out he goes out to this tournament of course you know gotta one thing to remember about this tournament is you're you're wrestling against people your age so you're not necessarily wrestling against older guys you know especially if uh because it looks like you know he's he is a sophomore so he's wrestling with guys his age, not necessarily older guys than himself. Uh, let me see here. So who else do we have? Uh, this Colin Guffrey from San Diego. So probably. Is he a Poway guy? Probably in the Poway club. I don't. Let's see if uh, his name comes up. Colin. Oh, yes, right here. From Granite Hills, uh, he was the second place finisher at San Diego. You know, I've heard of Granite Hills before. I think they're like big in the AAU uh, circuit. Probably. Yeah, because yeah, because for for casual fans, you know, there's USA Wrestling, which is the more predominant organization, but then there's the AAU, who used to handle most sports and. 
like two decades well, ago, they had somewhat, still had somewhat of a wrestling presence. I well, mean, I think it was AAU that was the one that was organizing the events for determining who was going to qualify for the for the Olympics and the world team and all that. It wasn't and just somehow, and it wasn't just for it wasn't just for wrestling. It was for most sports. But I think the problem was a lot of people started protesting, saying you guys have too much of a monopoly. And then that's when other sports organizations started taking over. And the AAU, in terms of like the Olympic level, started losing their power. They lost their power. But there's still, my understanding is they're still pretty crucial in like being able to start other uh, like sports, like little kid, uh, like um, little league. My my understanding is when it comes to AAU, there's not as much restrictions in certain certain policies or areas when it comes to running a wrestling club or maybe a club in general. Now, I don't, I don't know that for fact. It's what I've heard. So I can't confirm that, but that's what I've heard. That would be something that I guess we research and discuss a little bit further down the line. I also think it's easier to start up an AAU club, even though it's not as popular. Well, it was also easier to do an AAU tournament. Like, you remember, we went to those AAU tournaments. We didn't even have to get an AAU membership. Right. We had to pay more. We had to pay more, but we, it was easy to get the AAU membership yeah. or a, into an AAU. But they did those weird, like, double elimination round robins. You remember yeah. that? The, the, I yeah. never understood yeah. that weird uh, round robin. A double elimination round robin is is such a terrible thing because that's worse than be, single elimination. Yeah, it's probably it probably is worse than single elimination. You can be you can be stuck between two really good people, and if you if you got the short end of the stick in terms of the draw, well, it was fun knowing you. You know that's that's how that ends up happening. I, I remember some of those AAU tournaments, you know, I, and where. I, it's like, I got one tough guy and then I got another tough guy and I was gone. Yeah, that happened to me. You know, that would happen to me too. Oh, uh, right. They had an open division too. Hmm. Like they, 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 yeah, they had the junior division and they had the open division. It was, but it was just, it was just. Yeah, it was really weird. I, I uh, would hope that they would have uh, changed it up, but. So let's, let's try and finish this. So. We go up to 152. We have Jake Honey, who is from Bakersfield. Um, after that, I'm going to we're going to see. Uh, we have Diego Costa of Ukaipa, who won the the tournament at 182 pounds. Let's see where he was at. Diego Costa. So. I don't see him on here. So it looks like he didn't even qualify for CIF State. So he might be somebody that we might be looking out for in, in the f- future. Where did he come? Where Where is he from again? He, he's from Ukaipa. Ukaipa. Isn't that the he, desert? Yeah. But he didn't qualify for CIF State. So I don't know. Hard to tell, but be interesting. Well, uh, we'll, we'll see. This is an open tournament, after all. One ninety-five. 
you have Mr. Michael Morello from Bakersfield uh, take fifth at 220. Looks like we didn't have anybody. And then uh, we did not have anybody at heavyweight. So nine sophomores from California placed at this tournament. And then in terms of you had two juniors and three seniors. Um, you know, I was brushing over this to kind of see where everyone is at, um, you know, from my, my earlier research. So, I mean, when it, when it comes far and few between, it's kind of hard to, to see where everyone is at. Here we go. We've got, um, Ty Montero from Bakersfield. Uh, at a lot of guys from Bakersfield, they must have just taken like a road trip together. Probably, yeah. You know, I mean, that, that would not be surprising. Uh, I don't know that I'm finding where the other uh, person is, so uh, apologies to that person for not bringing up his name. Uh, then if we go to the senior uh, weight class, and look at this, Matthew. They did not even have a 106 division for seniors, which... I mean, is that is that surprising? You you real it's it's extremely rare to see a uh, a senior. Though there was that one guy my senior year, a Calvary Chapel kid who was like one hundred six. That was yeah, that was some kid, like a really small kid, but really good, and he was able to be a a one hundred six senior. Let me see here. So we've got Justin Rodriguez of Westminster and then Ethan Koreshi from Irvine. I'd imagine that he's related to the, um, the Carissa Koreshi uh, from the girls division. Um, might be siblings. I got to imagine they're siblings. Um, Are they both from Irvine? Yeah, they're both from Irvine. Okay, well, yeah, that can't be a coincidence. They got to be siblings. Well, if he's wrestling in the senior, because I think she was a senior too, so they might be tw- they might be twins, if they're not cousins. Well, one thing to remember, I mean, at one point all three of us were wrestling, but you know, our our uh, our sister chose not to go that route, and better for her because she did end up going swimming. So we got, and then last last placing senior from California, Ryan Arrington from Long Beach. So there's your, your placers um, for at the National High School Calif- uh, <laughs> California National High School Coaches Association uh, folk style tournament. Well, like we said, most of it's if uh, like most of these guys are, are like most of the wrestlers that are probably going to try to go have already qualified probably at this point. Most of the seniors. So, Matthew, uh, let's get a little bit of uh, international results in. And um, so this is kind of familiar territory for me. Uh, you know, I got to watch this term a couple of times. Uh, um, as as you all know, you know, our family spent time in Japan. And so I decided that I wanted to wrestle, you know, or wanted to go to Japanese school. Uh, that's how I learned the language. And um, I also got to wrestle. And um I never qualified for this tournament, but um, Japan. Well, didn't you have likes... to win? Didn't you have to win the prefectural tournament in order to 
qualify for this tournament? Uh, it depends on which tournament you're talking about. The uh, uh, oh, so, oh, spring tournament. Well, well, what about what? Oh, was it was it was it top two for this tournament? So yeah, I'll I'll kind of go over that. So um, the way the Japanese school calendar works is it starts in April and then it ends in March of the following year. So kind of like you know in U.S. I wonder how they decided on. Starts, I wonder how they decide on spring. Yeah, me. Um, but you know the U.S. academic calendar starts in August and goes through until may june july ish um anyway so with that being said uh there's normally four um national tournaments for high schoolers uh in japan because uh there's not a lot the the population for uh wrestling in japan is significantly lower compared to the you know the united states as a whole in fact, it's probably comparable to California. Probably most states are bigger than, than you know, Japan as a whole when it comes to the wrestling population. So with that being said, um, you know, there's a, so there's turn there's a there's two national tournaments in August, uh, one for freestyle, one for Greco. Uh, then there's a second, there's a third tournament. Right. Um, there's a third tournament in October, which actually they. They actually, it's kind of a, a, a team-related tournament based on, so you got prefectures, which is the equivalent of states over here, competing against each other to win, win a, a team title as a whole based on placing points. And then you've got the Spring All Japan National Tournament, which is for your underclassmen i guess you could say you know because the grad so in in japanese school there's only three grades there's first grade second grade and third grade so the third graders which is equivalent to seniors in high school over here yeah i was about to say it would be actually well actually they've already graduated by the time that this term is going but before this tournament is held you do have to qualify so in my case uh you know, I did finish third at the qualifying tournament in the prefecture I was wrestling for. So then I made it to the regional tournament, the Kanto regional tournament. Oh, this is one of those few tournaments that has has uh, regional tournaments. Yes, because most because like Greco and yeah, you Inahai, just right you... through the prefecture to the national tournament. So in this case, you could do your prefecture tournament, then you go to your regional tournament. And if you place high enough at your regional tournament, you're going to go to the national tournament. So well, Mike, and one thing we should probably emphasize is the fact that um, even though there's 48 prefectures in Japan, so it's 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 the state equivalent, but population and geography wise, they're really more like the size of counties if you really think about it. Yeah, and and here's here's the funny thing is that. Depending on the size of the prefecture, you could have some prefectures where they're only going to have three or four schools that have wrestling. So your chance of like in some of these like really, um, you know, out there, you know, boonies, country type. Yes. Boonie type prefectures. You got a better chance of qualifying for a national tournament than you do like 
if you're in like you know the Tokyo metropolis area where you've got like you know schools in Yokohama. Well, one one thing I think you do need to emphasize is how uh, like like the difference between high school, a Japanese high school, and American high school. Not just cu- not just in terms of of uh, of not just in terms of like qualification or anything like that, but how they're structured because they don't all have. You're not. It's it's they're they're you're they're not structured the way most American schools are, where most um most most high schools if the state sponsors uh that sport they 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 have it that's not how it is in japan not to mention the fact that compulsory education ends at middle school and high school is really more like getting it's it's like high school is almost very similar to getting into college yes it is and so the I, I know that uh, basically it's this it's this Japan Wrestling Federation. If uh, everyone can see on here, it basically runs everything. And uh, for the most part, I know that um, the way it, it's not necessarily. I mean, you could almost say that the the prefectures all sponsor the sports as long as there is a program or a school willing to sponsor that sport so the more you know if there's more schools then yeah you know it's like bring it on type of thing and you know you're gonna have your your prefectures that are they'll they'll have their hardcore wrestlers or you know that the alumni or whatever that will maintain that that you know and keep that going um at the most, how many schools did uh, did uh, Kanagawa Prefecture, which is the prefecture you were in, how how many schools did uh, did they sponsor? I mean, the major schools. You know, you had I mean five. There were probably as many as eight schools that had wrestling. But you know, in in Japan, it works so differently. It's you you're, you you have to you have to go out and recruit. You have to be actively recruiting in order to get people into your program. You know, over here, it's like, you know, over you here in America, to it. yeah, it's like you just go in, you just find what you want to do, and you just go in and you do it because there's so many kids, you know, there's so many kids at a high school, you know, even, even if you have a school that's got like 500 kids, um, you know, they're going to go out and do whatever sports. That's one thing I should I should mention. Another thing that's different about how sports work in Japan versus the U.S. is that if you're going to be in a if you're going to be in the club or if you're going to be on the team, that's what you're going to be dedicated for for your entire you know the entire time you're at your school. Whether yeah, they don't in, they don't have seasons. Or in. whether you're in high school, yes, your your sport is going to be all year round. There's no seasons, so you don't have time. You don't have the time or the luxury to be able to go do another sport. Yeah, it's it's not I, like here where you you uh, you're going to have like it's not like here where there's essentially the the fall, the winter, and the spring season and. So I've I've known athletes who could do all three, uh, like three different sports, but right. it, it's that's not like that. It's one sport. Yeah, it's basically one sport, and if you know if you're, 
and uh you know there's this collective mentality it's like you're 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 pretty much pressured you know you you've got to either really work hard to, to stay in and be on the on the a team or you know if things are too much then you're just going to quit you might be pressured to quit because you know of uh you know, there could be hazing and stuff, you know, going on in, in the club or the team, not to say it doesn't happen over here too, but you know, there is that kind of stuff that can, you know, pretty much. We so both kind of, we both kind of had to deal with hazing in our own way, mm-hmm. which I'm going to be honest, the high school hazing for me was probably worse than the college hazing. I don't feel like I dealt with as much college hazing as I did with high school hazing, which is ironic because, you know, colleges colleges are known for their hazing but so i i think one of the things the other thing i have to be critical of when it comes to japanese wrestling is that there's not enough they really do not hold enough tournaments for the wrestler it's like basically you know for example it's like the first tournament of the year is basically the qualifying tournament to get to the Kanto regional tournament, which is a, in and of itself, another tournament, you know, when I was there. And then the next month you had the tournament to try and get to the inter high, which is considered the premier high school national tournament for all sports. So, you know, and, and the way that it's structured, at least in wrestling for that tournament is only the winner gets to go. And, so you had, in the in the case of the Kanto tournament, it's like top four, or top five get to go, whatever the, you know that number is. But you only get one, only one person can qualify for the inter high national tournament. At least with Greco, if you made the finals, you would qualify. But even then, there's no room for error. One of the things I all, you know, another thing I have to be critical about is that they only use. They'll only use single elimination. So if you mess up, you're done. If something happened to you, there's no way for you to fight back. And I think that is that it's it's um, it's not productive. It's it's detrimental to people. It's like so if they're done, then they got to watch all the other people. You know, they can't do anything after that. And. You know, at least over here, I should know. I should note uh, though that that was a little bit of a part of the reason why I had when I went from Zushi Kids to Yokosuka Middle School on the base. Why I had kind of a I had kind of a surprise because here we were it's we and it was single elimination. I and. We've gone over this before. I did not win for the first few years. Well, even uh, I didn't win the first year I was there. Yeah, but yeah, but you got some wins in before I did. But but I, yeah, so all of a sudden when I go when I do on base and they did these round robin tournaments, all of a sudden I'm just like I'm wrestling again, <laughs> which yeah, which which was okay because I ended up making second that that first tournament. It's like all of a sudden it's like I want a match. <laughs> I want a match finally. Uh, but that's why I'm thinking my wrestling career probably would have ended up a bit different if I, you know. Yeah, but but I interrupted. You were saying, you know, with over here, double elimination. I think double elimination is is very um, 
there's a lot of merit to it um, because it's very beneficial is, is what I want to say, because it allows, it allows a person who's in the consolation brackets to kind of go over in their mind, kind of review. It's like, okay, what did I do wrong in that first match that I can try and work on in the second match? You can try and make adjustments, but if you're in a single elimination tournament, then you've got to want, you've got to sit out for another month or two before you have a chance to even try something out. So, yeah, it's not, it's not like, it's not like here where you're wrestling almost every weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's so few tournaments over there that, and, and it's basically, they, they weed out a lot of the weaker competition very quickly uh, over there. So I know I have they, to, and they, they have what only those four tournaments, like, just those four? Only those four tournaments. Then you've got, and then you've got the, you've got the JOC, which is the Junior Olympic Cup over there. But that is, you, you qualify for that based on how you did at the national tournaments and stuff. Or if you're like one of the, if you're from the host prefecture or something, which in this case, you know, in, in, in it's always Kanagawa. Um, so, I think there could be – they could stand to make some changes, I think, as far as tournament format. But, you know, hey, I'm just a guy. I'm just a, a guy who's been through that system, been an alumni, and I'm just you – know, hey, I'm over here in America, as you know, <laughs> as they would pronounce it in, in, in Japanese. And so are they going to make any major changes in the next few years? No. They're not going to make any major changes but well, i you think know, it's like the least they could do is at least at the um at the prefectural level have like you know have have like a tournament here's, here's where i would not have a problem with at the prefecture level have a have a do it in pools or if you only got four people in class do your round robin do do a whole do a whole round robin meaning that all four guys got to wrestle three times. You, you got, you, again, I've seen the benefits of, you, you've seen the benefits. I've had the benefits too. I, I think having a, you want a double elimination, you know, having double elimination, it, the, the, the merit to it is that, hey, you want to motivate people to want to place higher. Even if they, even if they don't place as high, if they have a chance to place, then you should give that to them. So I know I'm going off on a tangent, you know, right off the bat when we're trying to talk about, it's, you know, how, justifiable, oh, how Japanese say. wrestling, you know, works so far. But, but, you know, that's just one, that's unfortunately one of those things where it's kind of a cultural thing. You know, I wonder if back when Japan was actually doing better at wrestling, if maybe they were doing things differently. But Kieran is a little bit of a problem because they have so much success with wrestling, with women's wrestling on the international level. Then it, I hate to say it, but the system obviously works for women's wrestling. So the thought is probably something along the lines well, of, well, it must, it must be able to work for men's wrestling, which every so often you do see a, a Japanese man medal. 
but you rarely yeah, see did. world champions nowadays. They, they did. They did have a gold medalist last year. They did have a men's one, one male did medal at the Olympics. Uh, well, gold medal. There were there were actually a couple guys that medaled for Japan, um, but I know that they did have. Somehow they're able to they're able to have at least one guy medal. But you know you would think that you would want to maybe get a little more out there. You can't always be dependent. You know, you can't. You know, I wonder if they're also afraid to do too much competition because they're afraid of burnout. But the problem there being that they're, they're, you know, they're kind of, it's, it's like, they're afraid to go too. it's like, there's a medium. There is a medium that you can reach. Like, you know, it's, you know, like, again, just, it's like, have these guys do these, it's uh, again at the prefecture level have them do these these you know like individual uh, like you know have them do tournaments one one issue i you know one issue that i always had because it happened all three years if i didn't make like let's say i didn't make the Kanto tournament or you know in all three years i didn't make the inner high so i didn't i I couldn't come, you know, I do competition in April and I do a competition in May. And then I can't do anything else until August when they have the next qualifying tournament for the tournament in October. And then after that, if, if I don't make that, and of course I never made that tournament, I got to wait until November. Yeah, like having these, tur- like having these, you know, like tournaments here and there, like that's, that's something I really think the, the base schools were, uh, the, the fact that the base schools were willing to invite Jap, I can guarantee you those Japanese reps, rest, those, the wrestlers, I'm pretty sure one of the reasons why the wrestlers from Shonan were so good was because they were getting all, yeah, they, they were, were getting all these opportunities to wrestle with the, with the Kinnick guys. Because Kinnick was inviting these guys constantly, yeah, inviting other schools as well. Because you had the Kinnick tournament, you had the Kinnick tournament, and then they would actually duel each other too. Yeah, like two or three times. And that's, that another, was that's another thing that I'll. I'll yeah, that's I'll, another thing. The Japanese don't do duels. Well, they do the, they they the inter high duel tournament, and that's it. Okay, yeah that that that's another thing that actually I'm I'm wanting to talk about. But again, yeah, you know, not to not to really, you know, hit this too many times over the head. But you know, I I, I think that they could stand to benefit from. I think hold, in my mind, holding more tournaments is the first way of dealing with. Yeah, let's face it. Shonan benefited from having this this unique uh, relationship with Kinnick, which. I but it's I I don't even know how I should ask Scott Smith because I have like a very loose. Uh, I think I have a contact with him, but it's like I'm able to get a hold of him like every few years or something like that. But that is something I should ask him. How did you get a hold of them? Because he had to foster this relationship on his own, and he established maintained it for what twenty uh, like like. 15 20 years something like that it's just you know it's so but yeah those schools benefit because you know we established that they weren't the only um 
they weren't the only school that um, would be invited uh, to the tournament. So as we established, though the wrestlers who got invited to those extra tournaments, Shonan, uh, I think Isogo might have gone to one even, but they they were they always got the benefit of getting extra tournaments and double elimination tournaments. So these were they were like, what is this stuff that these these, uh, these foreigners are bringing to us? This is great. But yeah, you you know, um, Shonan was the was the best. Yeah, Shonan. There were many years where it was the best school. Um, I know that since since uh, Katsume, who was the coach there, and, and also Okuyashiki. Um, after they left, though, I think it, they they kind of they kind of did go down a little. I you know. Well, I, that well, it, it also didn't help that the co- the um the subsequent kin- uh, kinetic coaches. I don't think they were able to foster that same relationship because Scott. Let's face it, Scott Smith was a very special coach, and, and you know it's. He's one of those guys where, you know, a lot of these people are thinking, who the heck is this guy, Scott Smith, that we're talking about? He was a very unique, special coach who was able to foster these relationships, who was able to, uh, to get these guys, like, you wanted to wrestle for this man. Because he, he re- it's like he respected you. He had a sense of humor. And it's like, in, you know, he wanted to mold you to be the best wrestler he could possibly be with respect. And I'm going to be honest, not, not, um, and, you know, for some of my better uh, coaches since then, there's only one man who I have met personally coaching wise, who is comparable. And that's Vince Silva. So the, 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 he's, he was, he's one of those literal one in a million coaches who's just so special. So, with that being said, Math, um, so I kind of do want to go over a little bit about the All Japan um, Wrestling uh, High School Wrestling Tournament that uh, just concluded uh, over this weekend. Yeah, uh, we went on a tangent. So, this, um, so for those of you who can't read, I can read Japanese, so I, I'm going to translate a bit for this. And then... Um, my hope is that uh, I do want to kind of cover this for, uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that we can build a Japanese audience too. So I do plan on covering this in Japanese. So if you do want to learn some Japanese, you know, I would definitely recommend that you watch those upcoming videos. Uh, so with that being said, Matthew, uh, yes, this is, this is called the Kazama, the Kazama Cup uh, All Japan tournament um anyway so the way that the japanese do duels is they do a straight on win or lose uh in 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 their case so they only wrestle seven weight classes and so it's best four out of three that's what it comes down to it's not like in the u.s where you go based on a a point system so, or international when when there's international duels, there's also point system. Yes, an international. Now they do use they do record points, scoring points, but the only time that they would use the points is in the case of a tie. Now 
if you've got, let's say a school. So I think if we were to, Is for example. Is still the dominant uh, team over there? I'm sorry? Is Kasumi Gaura still the like dominant? Um... No, they are not. Um, that coach retired when he hit the mandatory retirement age. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, well, depending on the prefecture or also depending on how things go nowadays, uh, it's either the age of 60 or the age of 65. You, it, you have to retire. It's mandatory retirement. Um, I think in, in, in this case, though, it was uh, 60 for the, the custom Gauda coach. And uh, in future episodes, we're going to kind of, uh, you know, I want to go over, you know, the, the Japanese high school scene, how that works out, who's, who are the dominant um, schools and all that. So I will try to, uh, to do that. But um, this coach was actually picked up by the current dominant uh, team in the country, and that is um, Nippon Sports University. Um, the Kashiwa High School. Uh, so Nippon Sports University is a it's a it's a university in Japan. It's one of the more dominant college uh, wrestling programs in in Japan. Um, and but they do have these um, I guess you would call them uh, feeder high schools. And so uh, the Kashiwa High School is uh, one of their feeder programs and. Yeah, like you're, you you went to a feeder school, even though you didn't, even though yeah, they yes, didn't. I went to a, I went to the Nihon University, uh, uh, a feeder school. Yeah, well, uh, he, even that. though the even though the college location did not have a wrestling program, it uh, some some guys went to the central right. college. Then Yoichi go to go go to yes. Ichi Dai. Yes. Yeah, that's one example. So anyway. Um, so the, 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 so the winner of, and, and just to give you an idea, this is, this is how it works out. You wrestle 51 kilos, 55, 60, 65, 71, 80, and then you jump all the way to 125. There's no in between. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a 97 kilo wrestler, you're going to wrestle a, a heavyweight basically. But there is a 97 yeah, there is a 97 in the individual. For, for individual. Right. There is a 97 in the individual brackets at this tournament. But when it comes to duels, it's 80 and then 125. So it's kind of a disadvantage, you know, if, um, if you're weighing more than 80 kilos and you a little more than 80 kilos and you got to wrestle up a weight. That's uh, anyway. So uh, the winner of this uh, of this uh, of the dual tournament uh, was Nippon Sports University Kashiwa High School. Uh, they won their fifth title uh, and the first time in uh, in two years. Uh, so uh, you know that uh, the the coach there was hired after he retired from Kasumigata. So you know. I, I, I want to dedicate, you know, practice, you know, probably a whole session to this guy. Uh, what I know about this guy, which I'll, we'll do at, a, at another time. But this wait, this, this is the Kasumi Gaura coach. He was who, picked up by Kashiwa Nittai. 
Uh, so, you know. When, so, so he was forcefully retired at age 60. So he's doing Whatever five. So he's doing five more years at this. At this. Yeah, I guess so. So. Anyway, and so that they, just goes to show coaching is. Oh yeah. Yeah, the, you know, that's that's something else. Anyway, so uh, this team they're from Chiba Prefecture, which is north of Tokyo, and uh, they beat uh, the. The team they beat in the finals for the dual tournament was Inabe Sogo from Mie Prefecture, which is, I think, you have to go west of Tokyo uh, for that. And then in the semifinals, uh, the Kashiwa High School, they beat this. It's called Tango Ryofu from Kyoto. And uh, I found out that uh, this high school actually came up because I'd never seen this high school before, you know, in my years following the Japanese high school wrestling scene, I'd never seen this school come up, but I found out that it was, it was formed after a merger between two schools, which included a former Kyoto school that was the powerhouse in Kyoto. And they've been competitive on the national level. So and you know, this, the, this again kind of shows the difference between um uh, um uh bet- this again shows the difference between um uh, uh um Japanese uh Japanese and American high schools. You extra it's I don't you it's extremely rare to see high school mergers. The best the only example I could possibly think of is um, remember the Titans, these three schools merging to become T.C. Williams. And that was an extremely uniquely rare situation. And even in college, it's very rare. Like um, the, Long I- the two Long Island universities that merged to create the Sharks, which with wrestling didn't affect them because they already had, it was only one program between the two. But it was D two, so they just ended up going from D two to D one without having the transition, which is another topic. Because the merger gave them the sports needed to be D one. Right, right. Oh, speaking the 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 uh, the transition is probably another topic that could be brought up on that. So um, yeah, so Kashiwanita they beat this Tango Ryofu from Kyoto, beat them five two. And then the, the other finalist team, Inabe, beat Nirasaki Tech from Yamanashi Prefecture. They beat him 4-3. So um, I did see a school from Kanagawa where I did wrestle. Uh, where were they at? Here we go. Isogo Tech High School from Kanagawa Prefecture. Uh, they did make this tournament, but they lost 6-1, to one, so only one of their wrestlers didn't you say that. they've essentially become the power? They've become the new powerhouse in Kanagawa, and that's thanks to one of the alumni from the school I was at, um, Coach Furusato. Uh, he went in there and he just really turned things around. So, you know, well, it already it was already decent, right? Yeah, they'd have a one or two decent guys here and there, but yeah, now they're really up there. 
know. Well, how. they were they, as I recall, they they were like a very new team when you when you were around. Right. So anyway, so yeah, and then um, if you were to go into the into the individual wrestlers, and again, this is just um, you know, this is not the right one. So you know, if you're looking at um, now. This Kashiwanita, I didn't really have as much luck winning the individual weight classes as they did winning the dual tournament uh, from here. Although they did have a finalist at the 51 kilo weight class, but that person lost by tech fall to Mr. Kikuchi Yuta from uh, Hiryu High School in Shizuoka. Uh, and then they did have a second finalist, but he did not win. Also, he lost by tech fall to Mr. Kanaza from Jiugaoka High School in Tokyo. At 60 kilos, up oh, there's their third finalist. Um, you know, so they didn't have a good finals run. Um, again, lost by tech fall to Mr. This is Suda Takara from Tosu tech in um saga and actually i've met this kid takara suda um because uh matthew if you remember when i went to japan the second time and i was living with mom and dad down in sasebo so i would go to the i would go to the local um high school and go practice there and so this this individual and uh you know he was a bit younger but his him and his brother would go to this this club practice and i would you know talk with their parents and stuff so i got to actually kind of roll around with him and and stuff you know and when i'm talking about local wrestling club you know it's like a 40 minute train ride you know (laughs) yeah i was gonna say sasa for those of you who don't know sasabo is like it's like southern nowhere yeah, the train, uh, it, it's kind of like Metrolink down here in, in Southern California. It's you know? a lot more efficient. Uh, we cannot even begin to yeah. emphasize how much better the Japanese transporta- public transportation system is, is to the, you know, pitiful, extremely pitiful American transportation system. <laughs> and I, 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 it's, it's, it may partially have to do with the fact that, well, at one point it was nationalized, but a lot of a lot of the public transport transport in Japan now is private. But it's, yeah, it's, meaning they're customer driven. Yeah, they're yeah they're customer driven. So, but of course, with the amount of people, it's like no wonder they're constant. It's like they're constantly making bank. But but yeah, it's just it's yeah the the, uh, the that's the difference between them. That's probably partially why the uh american public transit is, is so horrible because of especially with the trains with the exception of these few private rails a lot of it is is you know publicly run the metro link amtrak so that's why we have ex- well then they also have to share the track with the yeah they got to share the track with the freight the freight train and the freight trains are going to prioritize it's like you're using, yeah. you may be using our track but guess what we got to make money so bnsnf bnsf and union pacific are going to be like we got to run these trains you can wait 
So uh, at 65 kilos, Mr. Hosokawa from Tango Ryofu High School in Kyoto, he tech falls his opponent, Mr. Hirai from Kofu Josai High School in Yamanashi Prefecture. And Matthew, as you know, Yamanashi Prefecture and Shizuoka, and I think there's one more prefecture in Kanto. They all kind of converge on Mount Fuji. Yes, which is essentially the national symbol. It's kind of like that. If you remember out here, we have that that point on the on the map where four states, you know, all converge on one. I believe corner. that's called four corners. Yeah, the four corners. So at seventy-one kilos, uh, Mr. Yamaguchi from Jiugaoka High School in Tokyo. Also, oh, he pinned his opponent. I don't know how to read this. Apologies to that person. I think it's Mr. Kakude, but yeah, and I don't, I don't know for sure. There's a dozen ways to read kanji yeah. in, in Japanese. From so. Shiga High School in Ishikawa. Uh, then you've got Mr. Kamiya from Inabe Sogo High School beating. Uh, I think this is Kakegawa from I think this is called Toyo Uda High School in Yamaguchi Prefecture, which is down south, uh, to give everyone a bit of a, a lesson in Japanese uh, geography. Then you've got Mr. I think this is Uraki from Tosu, High, Tosu Tech High School uh, in Saga, versus, and he tech followed Mr. Ueki from... Ashikaga University High School in Tochi. And then you got the heavyweight match. Uh, I believe this is Batbayal Nam. I'm trying to read this. <laughs> Nambal uh, Dagawaf. And uh, I believe I've been reading about this guy. I think he's a Mongolian uh, exchange student. Maybe you should tell them about Mongolian wrestling. That's kind of a unique. Uh, that'll be another time for another story. Um, but he he was the lone uh, Kashiwa Nittai wrestler to win his division, um, even though he was one of four finalists. And he tech falled. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. His opponent from Shiga High School. Um, so you know that's that's kind of a, a roundup of of how you know this this tournament. Again, I'm going to try and uh, I'm going to make a video in Japanese about this kind of, you know, just uh, talk about the results a bit and uh, hoping to kind of expand into that to cover more Japanese wrestling as we go along Two, based on our um, connection to Japan and stuff. Essentially, you're going to make a translation of just everything that you, you covered. Yeah, without the without the. Uh, Thought our little tangent, <laughs> but hey, you know it's good to talk about stuff. Definitely. Um, but anyway, but yeah, that's that's the, the the Kazama Cup All Japan High School Tournament uh, in a nutshell. And uh, so, just kind of cover a few more things pretty quickly. So, Matthew, um, as you're aware, you know UWW is the um, that's the organization that runs United world wrestling used to be called FILA. Yes. And, um, the United world wrestling association really came out 
came into existence after the sport of wrestling was threatened with being dropped from the Tokyo Olympics. And so the wrestling community around the world really banded together to, you know, tell the ILC, hey, you know, you can't drop one of the original Olympic sports. And so... Yeah, in both the Greek Olympics and I the think, modern Olympics. Uh, and a lot of people had a lot of grief against the original FILA um, organization. organization. There were a lot of things about it that was just not favorably there were scandals the the uh, bureaucracy was just horrible and then i i I think there was a vote of no confidence in like the president and most of the board right well here was the other thing the one of the voting members on the fila board you know so i think there were like 15 voting members countries or representatives The U.S. didn't have anyone to represent them on that board. And I think that's one of the things that we definitely had grief with Fila about. So with that being said, though, uh, I want to talk about Fila, uh, sorry, not Fila, UWW rankings, uh, specifically how, uh, you know, uh, United States wrestlers are doing. And uh, so just to kind of, so apparently um, the way that, that UWW determines their rankings. They they really did an overhaul of how they're doing it, which I think this is an interesting way that they're doing it. Maybe this could be applied sometime in the future in the U.S. But basically what they do is that they award you points based on your finish at a tournament. So, um, you know, as they're saying... Uh, I guess the first ranking series event uh, of the, on the calendar happened. Now I, I'm not sure if so. From uh, one, so from the beginning of one tournament to the end, like end of whatever the season is, they award points, and that's how they determine based the on your based on your finish. The only thing I I you know, and I'll be getting into this in a minute. Is, so where's the cutoff? Where does it start? Where's the cutoff? Um, unless it's kind of a continuous thing, uh, which then would determine your your points, I guess. So um, this is this is so when you go to when you go to a tournament, do they place all the way down to sixteen? Apparently, yeah. So if you finish, you know, sixteenth. Um, you know, you get points, but man, if you, if you finish first set, you know, you finish top six, cause you know, you get two thirds and two fifth places, you know, you're, you're, you're scoring some major points, which is going to count towards your ranking. And I would think this helps to help them to, to determine seating and, and stuff too. And, you know, they talk about, you know, additional, well, and this also goes to show that participation is kind of a motivating factor. Right, right. So, you know, they, they you know, so if you place at a, at a tournament, you know, this is what you're going to score. Um, it does look like, um, although uh, one thing that they are pointing out is, for example, uh, oh, here, here's how it goes. So, Let's say you go to it, you sign up for a tournament, 
but there's only you're the only person in your weight class you don't score any points because there's really nobody to compete against i guess is is how they're they're doing this um and then if if the tournament only has two to five participants um those those rankings up here will be cut in half and only the the top three score points so that's how they work that one and then um six to twelve you will get these points um but you're not getting any bonus points i guess is what they're doing um but if you're in a weight class where there's 13 to 16 wrestlers then all these people get an additional 3,000 points. I don't know how that works out, but and then if it's more than 16, all wrestlers get at least 5,000 points. So, so not o- so not only um, is it motivating in the rankings for you to participate, participate, but also to participate in essentially bigger tournaments. Yeah, because that could that could help you to gain rankings in on the world stage. Like for, I'll just throw an example because you know when we would go to the GSA tournaments, I don't know why the Armenians were coming to Southern California, but there's, the Armenians, yeah, there's a very big Armenian community. Well, yeah, but I don't know why these international the, like these these wrestlers are coming to Southern California. So, like hypothetically speaking. Why would, in the world would you have like a world-ranked Armenian wrestler coming down to Southern California? I know they're known for the wrestling, and I know that there's a huge Armenian community in Southern California. But it's kind of like, why are you having these, these like, these are actual Armenians. Why are they coming down to this little tournament being held in a high school gymnasium? Yeah, we would, uh, didn't, we had to wrestle a few of them, didn't we? <laughs> I got suplexed by one. <laughs> I cannot tell you how scary that was. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you know, interesting. I somehow managed to knock the drop on my head. So, Matthew, what do you think about? I mean, do you think that this is something that, hey, maybe this could really, you know, if, if you want to talk about, you know, because coaches all the time are going to complain about rankings and stuff. They're going to complain yeah, about just, just let it be part. Just let it be based on the results. I'm, yeah. Don't you think, uh, and this really, seed, you know, seed, and here's the thing, the seedings are always subjective. Anyway, they have these seeding meetings and they go out there and they you know, say, yeah. Oh, my guy placed in this, or my guy placed in that blah, 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 blah. It's just like, well, just let the results, you know, it, it's, well, when it comes to the rankings at bare minimum, just let the results speak for themselves. Okay, so when I've had to sit in a couple of these seating meetings, especially when it comes to college-level seating meetings, oh my goodness, they can get so heated. And the other thing is, it can drag on for so long, you can spend almost 20 minutes on one weight class when you've got nine others to go. Do these do these meetings last hours? Not hours, but you know, I mean, one meeting lasted an hour at least. It's like, uh, how much of it do you have to discuss? And really, you know, when you're trying to really trying to iron out the criteria, it's like, 
I, I think, yes, it should be. Where did your wrestler place? Because then a lot of times, and this probably happens at high school too, if you've got head-to-head and then like, okay, so the guy who would nominally be ranked higher, you know, by all the coaches in the poll, if they finish higher determined, but hey, they lost to some, you know, person who's probably ranked, you know, five or six ranks lower than them. It's like, oh, well then, they should be ranked higher than whoever the number two or the number three person is. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, like for example, I, I do the like rankings for MMA freak and mm-hmm. it's really, really hard to like figure out who it's like, you keep the champions at number one, the typically the UFC champions, they're the best in the weight class. You keep them at number one. That's just how it's been for the longest time, but it's just like, Everyone else is just like, whoa, let's. And the thing is, I modeled my ranking, the, the MMA freak ranking system, um, when it comes to eligibility after I think it was MMA fighting. But their rule is that um, 12 months of part, uh, it's 12 months participation. After that, it's out. Obviously, when it comes to, you know, wrestling, it's like, of course you're participating. That, that's not going to be a problem. But it's just one of those things where it's like, Okay, head-to-head, win-losses, how do I plug this person here? And at times, I've just done the rankings myself, or we've had an actual committee of people submitting it, and it's just like, okay, well, it, and if it's done based off of committee, well, I, I, I do these points. And it's just, so, it's, yeah, it's just one of those, like, well, how, head-to-head helps out, I, I would say. Head-to-head would help out in that situation. I don't know that it's, you know, can you really, should you apply it so much in, you know, a a tournament? If you're talking about, you know, the one and two seed, if you're going to determine that, you know, based on, you know, you've got finishes and then you've got head-to-heads, you know, that that can be taken into consideration. But when you've got a guy who's clearly number one, and then you've got a guy who's going to clearly be the eighth seed, but you want to throw in head-to-head, oh, he beat him, you know, he pinned him or something in, in one tournament. Is that really applicable in the long run? You know, I don't know that it's really worth it to really argue that. So... Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, NFHS or even, you know, NCAA coaches maybe could follow this model at some point. You know, I think it would definitely be help. You know, it's like, okay, so you got this big college tournament. It's like, okay, if you place, you're going to score a certain number of points. And and, um, that even could be a motivator for, well, you know, you know I there's know a that, lot of times where guys they just don't want to wrestle anymore. They've had it. They'll medical forfeit out because they just don't want to wrestle. It's not worth their their time or something. Which I, I can understand to an extent, but you know, as uh, as, as coach, so it's you know, it's like you you're you're going out there to wrestle the best. You're not going out there to be, you know, forfeiting a match at at 
some point. Well, of course, this comes from the guy who tried to wrestle injured his, his seat. Well, then again, it was his seat. You're at the NCAA. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it was just like you're, you're going to wrestle or you're, you're not. So. so, anyway, so let's let's just take a, a quick look at um, – so. Apparently it was the it was the Yasar Dogu, which uh, I, I know that this is a big tournament. Um, I've heard about it several times, although not really followed the results in the past. But this Yasar Dogu, which uh, I think it took place in, and uh, I think that's normally in Turkey, if I'm not mistaken. You know, there used to be this big. I don't know if it still goes on, but like during the Soviet era, there used to be this big Russian tournament called like the the, the Tepilsi Cup or something like that. And that was uh, yes. It, it still goes on, although with recent events, not sure that it's going to happen. Um, so we'll we'll see. Um, anyway, so I want to maybe the Russians will hold it for them in Bulgaria. So Matt, just a quick overview of uh, and you know they kind of have you know can't really look at this other than you got to look at you got to look at the, you know on the left side. So for uh, anyone paying attention here. Uh, just uh, look at some of our uh, American wrestlers that are so uh, Thomas Gilman, who uh, did medal at the Tokyo Olympics last year. He is currently sitting in first place. And I guess with the scoring system, he has 79,200 points, which is a pretty big score. So well ahead of the second place wrestler from the Russian wrestling federation. Um so, you know, Gilman, we got uh, as number one right now. And then the next wrestler, you have to go, then you would go to the 61 kilo freestyle. And that is uh, Dayton Fix from Oklahoma State. And uh, I guess he has been, um, he has been uh, active on the scene. In fact, I think was he, uh, he was not at the, olympics last year so but he is ranked so he has been competing internationally um you know enough that it's it's giving him second place uh third place behind him is uh hasegawa from japan so that's the second pro we we actually have quite a few people um ranked uh in the world rankings so then if you you know, I mean, what do you think so far? You know, it's like you got Gilman, who who's a you know Olympic medalist. I mean, that shouldn't come as a shock, right? Uh, yeah, that's obviously if you're well, if yeah, yeah, if you're if you're participating, then yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, if you're continually participating. Um, at seventy kilo freestyle, we have James Green, uh, from. U.S. and it looks like he moved up in the rankings. So my guess is he he probably competed at Yasar Dogu, and um, I'll have to check the, what he did later uh, for that. Uh, this and then this next one, uh, Math. I think uh, you'll like this one. Ah, you know, <laughs> not, not not much needs to be said about that, right? And uh, Isn't he participating in like these one-off. Uh, wrestling tournaments that are, I are like held by Flow Wrestling. Uh, well, no, no, they're not tournaments. They're like the, they're like pools essentially. Right. Well, and you know he did medal at the Olympics. He did take bronze. 
So, uh, you know, there he is right there. Uh, they took bronze at the Olympics. So, I mean, not, not a big surprise that he's, you know, ahead on such a score like this. Uh, and then if you go to 79, we'll, you'll see another familiar name. Ah. Yes. So that is no surprise at all given uh, how Mr. Burroughs has been doing. So he's ranked number one uh, there. And uh, I, I have noticed, Matthew, that obviously the U.S. has the most wrestlers ranked in the freestyle. And uh, here's another one, David Taylor, uh, you know, from, uh, from the well, college. You know, it, to me, it always seems like they've always done better at um, uh, at freestyle, which was why that one time they won the, the Greco division was kind of unusual. Like, like, yeah, the U.S. has typically not been that great at Greco. Well, they, they, they have good individuals, but it's typically all around they're better at freestyle. But and that's obviously because they, you know, they grow, uh, you know, they go through and grow up wrestling a very similar style of folk style. So, right. So then at ninety-two, I believe, yes, Jaden Cox. Aha. Yep. We know Jaden Cox pretty well. He uh, just, you know, he did, he wrestled at Missouri. And then uh, just, um, you know, he, he come out and start really doing good. It's like he bloomed, you know, and, and made the Olympics and stuff. So, you know, it's like, hey, man, whatever works. And, hey, just, uh, just cheering him on and stuff. So, um, 97 kilos. I mean, this isn't really much of a surprise, you know, given who it is, uh, Matthew. Snyder. Snyder ranked number two, um, you know, second to um, Abdul Rashid uh, Sadulev, who is the reigning uh, gold medalist at that weight class. And uh, as you're, I'm sure you're, Kyle won the, the gold medal at the 2016 Olympics. And then, and uh, Sadule won the gold medal at the weight class under him. And uh, then, you know, you gotta, I gotta hand, you gotta hand it to uh, Sadule because he moved up a weight class. And, and my understanding is he wanted to challenge Snyder. You know, he wanted to take on the best of the best. And um, so when they, you know, they met up at the, at the Olympics last year, and and Sadulev won that match, and um, you know, so have they wrestled before that? I feel like they did. They wrestle did. They, 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 they did. Tournament. They wrestled at a. I, I think it was like a. Um, I don't know if it was the World Championships, and they wrestled at the World Cup. You know, because again, Sadulev went up specifically because he wanted to challenge Snyder, and Snyder won that first match. I remember that. That sounds like Vision Quest. Yeah. I have to confess, I've never that's, seen that movie the whole reverse. way. I have to. I have to confess, I've never seen that movie the whole way through. I have not either. Probably be something interesting. You know, we can we can review some wrestling movies and such. Yeah, um, like up uh, up until Foxcatcher, I think that was the most mainstream that uh, uh, there's, there's, a there's there's actually been a few. There, there's been a few. Um, I, I think there's one. I think was it In the Dark or something. 
Well, most it, wrestling it, movies, if you really think of them, they it, most of the time I think of them as like these indie indie projects that are popular within the wrestling community, but they don't really get too much mainstream attention. The last thing, uh, like Foxcatcher, I I don't remember if they won any Oscar. Oh, but uh, they what's were, his name? They were what's nominated. Yeah, he was nominated for uh, best um, best supporting actor. Yeah, it's like that's probably as mainstream as you can get. I remember reading a while back that like back when Taylor Lautner was was big, he was thinking about appearing in a uh, in um he was thinking about appearing in a remake of Vision Quest. Which, to be fair, he did come from a wrestling background, so but. That, that ended up not happening. The one thing is, in, uh, except in Sadule's case, he's doing a reverse vision quest. Yeah, he's going up, whereas in... Up. Well, actually, here's an interesting thing. Vision quest is based off of a novel. In the novel, I don't know if he actually moved down in weight. He may not... I, I, I don't... Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if he moved down in weight. Yeah, That's another I, thing. That's another I thing. Maybe I should... That would be another good project is maybe that if we actually if we both watched the movie and then read the book like a book club type thing. Uh, anyway, so it's not uh, you know Steiner's there he's and um you know it's just can he beat Sadulev in the matches where it matters that's what's gonna count you know so we'll we'll have to see you know this is this, this is an intense rivalry I mean. It's good for the sport to have an intense rivalry. It is good for the sport, you know. And uh, kind of feeling for Stulev with the with the you know what's going on, obviously with um, you know Russia Ukraine stuff. So yeah, some of these guys they just want to wrestle. They're like, why is this happening? You know, an interesting thing. You got that Nike logo right there. I actually found out um, Nike was the name of the Greek goddess of victory. Interesting. I which here's an interesting thing. I found that out when I was reading of um, comparable deities to the One Piece god Nika, which you know that's kind of a, that's kind of a unique story by itself. So at heavyweight, I do believe we do have a ah uh, yes, Gable Stevenson. However, um, he's he's going to start dropping off the ranks because um non-participation he's not participating anymore so um i think they're he moved down from from rank from the third spot but i know that uh when i checked the rankings after the new year he was number one but since he's not competing anymore obviously as you know we discussed last week he's going in wwe so you know it's pretty much done so but there is another uh heavyweight on the list and that's um Nicholas, um, I I don't know how to pronounce this. I think it's uh, Jaldowski. It's my guess. Apologies to Mr. Nicholas. Um, if anyone wants to, you know, give me a link or something about how to pronounce his name, I'm more than happy to, to to take you up on that offer. But anyway, so we do have another wrestler there. So Matthew, if I'm looking at my list, because I did compile this list uh, before we went live, 
Um, so, you know, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So we have, you know, there are 10 wrestlers on the men's freestyle from the U.S. ranked. Um, again, though, one is going to fall I'm off. I'm guessing here. that's multiple per weight class, considering the number of weight Well, classes. the one weight class we're missing is 65. So we have, every, we have people in every other weight class, except for 65. So, um, and then if we go to Greco... Uh, Greco Roman. Uh, we do have Mr. Max Nori. Uh, he is in ninth place. And then the only other Greco wrestler we have is at 97, and that is Mr. Tracy Hancock. Well, as we've as we've established, the um. Uh... That we, we it, U.S. has not never really been known for its wrestling. Or yeah. it, it's Greco. Greco. So now, if we move to the women's uh, weight class, uh, you know the women are actually doing quite well, uh, along with the men in, in freestyle. So Sarah Hildebrandt uh, is ranked first uh, at uh, fifty kilos, and then if we move up to uh, so. There was nobody ranked in the top 10 at 53, so then we have to go to 55, which is the next uh, weight class where there's someone ranked, and that is Jenna uh, Burkett. So she is ranked fourth. Then, if we move to 57 kilos, Matthew. Ah. Helen Maroulis. My, my, my teammate. So, um, as everyone knows, Helen Maroulis uh, pulled the, uh, you know, she did a Rulon Gardner at the 2016 um, Olympics. She upset the reigning Olympic champion, uh, Saori Yoshida, broke her 80-plus match winning streak. And then had to, and then in a Rulon had to deal with various injuries in between Olympics, and was able to come back and right, like, well, it's well, I, if she hadn't had to face the Olympic gold medalist in the semis, then she might have. Right. So, like, like Rulon, four years later, well, in her case, five years later. Uh, she had to settle for bronze. Um, so yeah, you know, similar, similar stories to follow, but, um, you know, she's still going, you know, we're seeing that happen. So then we're going to move up to, again, you know, there, there, everyone's there. Uh, you know, you move up to 59 kilos, um, Maya Nelson, fifth place in the rankings, so, you know, uh, the wrestlers are consistently there. You know, we're, we're doing pretty good. Kayla Miracle, uh, she's in fourth place, although she didn't move down from the third place spot at 62 kilos. Then we go to 65. Uh, Forrest Molinari, uh, she is ranked second at 65 kilos. Uh uh, then you move up to 68 kilos, which we will see a very familiar name. And that would be Tamira Menza-Stock, our uh -huh. gold medalist uh, at the Tokyo Olympics. 
So she looks like she did fall down from the first place spot, but if she's going to keep going, then, you know, I think she'll keep it up and she'll do what she needs to do. I think another interesting thing. She said that she also wanted to do pro wrestling, but I wonder why she wasn't picked. It hasn't been picked up yet. You know, who knows what they're, who knows what they're thinking. Hard to tell. Okay, so um, then at at the 72-kilo weight class for the women's, uh, in 10th place, Kylie Welker. And then at, at 76 kilos, uh, you'll see a familiar name also. Adeline Gray. I forgot what what medal did she take? So at the Olympics, she took second. Okay, I thought I thought she was in the finals for for some reason. I was remembering her winning it, but I, maybe that was just well. As you final. recall, Adeline Gray has been on the scene for a while, and so for her to be able to have uh, you know taken the silver was pretty significant for her. Uh, you know, just because of the amount of, of time she's put in. So she's currently ranked first right now. So that that is our, our UWW rankings uh, related to um, to US uh, to the US wrestlers that are on those rankings. Math. I mean, what do you think? You know, that's so, you know, that's 10, 10 um, freestyle uh, men's to Greco. And then if you're looking at, you know, basically uh, all the weight classes except 53. So there's nine women ranked also. So it looks like, you know, we continue to remain pretty consistent and pretty dominant uh, in the freestyle, especially when we've got one, two, three, four. Four men ranked first. One, two, you know, three, three women also ranked first. What do you think this this means for us, at least going into, you know, for the for the US team USA going into this upcoming um, you know, international season? Uh well we're we're consistent. I mean we we always produce consistently good wrestlers, and if in some way classes we've got multiple people listed, that just means that well we've got we've got you know multiple good people that could potentially go out there and do good. And another thing to keep in mind is that we're, I, is, isn't it only the, wor- the, the world team that they actually do the, the team trials for? Right. Like we're, we're essentially in, we're in, basically right now we're in the open, um, open tournament season, essentially. Yep. This or, is open tournament. Or, or these, or some of them might be invites, but, but, you know, these, 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 these are elite competitions and it's possible for multiple people from multiple uh uh from one nation to go in there i don't know if there's a cap i would imagine them it depends on the tournament because certain tournaments obviously are going to have certain some tournaments are invitational and some tournaments are open obviously yeah like the opens obviously it's it's i don't know if you have to uh obviously anyone can participate in Obviously, the invite might be there might be qualifications, but you know it's the, yeah. The fact of the matter is, is it's it you know 
Well, certain tournaments when it comes to like regional, like for example, Pan American, you know, you have to you have to fight to represent the team for that. World Championships, obviously. So there's there's a few of those that you have to you know you have to qualify. Well, for. another another way of putting it is like, for example, in swimming, you'll see a lot of these people, even though they they have like USA, they're gonna the 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 um like they're going to be the the speedo uniforms or name are going to be on there this these are the types of tournaments where you're going to see the the uh endorsements more prominent than the flags mm-hmm. is one good way of putting it yeah uh right now the uh budapest european championships are going on right now so we'll hopefully uh, you know just kind of go over the results of that uh in our next podcast and then uh, yeah let's go into just real you know in in um before we get into the uh this is this will be the second to last topic we'll be covering for the night the united states marine corps folk style nationals and boys national high school recruiting showcase and matthew as uh we were discussing earlier uh to qualify for this tournament what do you got to do you know, you have to, if you're a high school state champion, doesn't matter what year, if you, you know, fall, if you won the state tournament as a high schooler, I would imagine you have to wrestle that weight class. You know, if you, you know, if you, if you won that, I don't think you can wrestle up or something. So if, if you're going to wrestle up, that means that you're going to have to um, make sure that you're, qualifying uh you know based on that uh that year and stuff so high school state placers uh which would typically be top eight national prep champions uh any year and then if you were a placer at the nhsca virginia beach high school nationals oh right yeah that's something is that yeah, I, I've always heard the, the name Virginia Beach Mission in wrestling, and this is why is because that's that tournament's held at Virginia Beach every year, essentially. Right. So, um, you know, that's that's how that, uh, you know, and then, uh, yeah, apparently there's a, uh, you know, they do a master's tournament too, you know. I would love to, you know, go do, go do that, although, um, you know, I'd have to figure out probably losing a, a few pounds before getting into, we into both that. Need lo- we both need to lose, lose significant. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, we're, we're both carrying probably about 20, 30 pounds of flab that we can afford to. So, so it, um, what, what this looks like. So, yeah, just to kind of, so these qualifications automatically qualify for the high school recruiting showcase. And, even though they're calling it boys national, it looks like it's for both boys and girls. So that's probably just the name of the thing. Right. Right. And, um, so, you know, obviously it's, it's your sanctioned, um, place USA wrestling will be hosting several recruiting qualifiers held in, um, so, you know, they, they do host, uh, qualifiers too. Um, you know, and uh, so that that that's how that goes. But it basically, Matt, this is this is this is the one where you 
see how you show how you're going to do. This is really the big national tournament. So I'm very sure that we're going to see uh, a lot of uh, probably a lot of the people who, you know, placed at state uh, these past couple of weeks, you know, from CIF, I'm very sure that we're going to see a lot of them there wrestling against the, you know, the best of the best. This is, I think, th- this is the tournament where they're going to really turn out. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, see how that goes, don't you well, think? Like, well, this is one of those places where maybe for some of those guys, like, you know, I was able to, like, I like, you know, the fact of the matter is the way that we went about getting me the scholarship, you know, the scholarship and the recruitment, not everyone has that insight. And let's face it, dad did it. That, that he, he, he did all the research. He found the, the I did all the research. Yeah. And yeah, he, he, he essentially was the one who got me into to MOBAP, but the, the reality is not everyone has an insightful father like that. So maybe this is a way of some of these people being able to go out and say, hey, look what what I can do at at this level. Maybe you should consider, you know, offering me something. And I think maybe this is still far enough out to where, um, you know, if someone hasn't committed to a college, then they can, um, you know, put themselves out there and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm eligible. So recruitment would be uh possible at an event like it's called the showcase for a reason for all intents and purposes this is a combine so yeah so uh, interestingly enough the ncwa so the the lowest college four-year level the, the the club teams they have something that they call a high school combine mm-hmm like if you're interested in possibly wrestling at that level, like you're just, you know, obviously you're just going to do it for, because you still love the sport, but. So this shows how they, um, how they do this, obviously, um, you know, obviously with the ages and stuff, the time periods they show, um, you know, obviously when it's lower, it's one, one, one. Uh, when, when you get a little bit higher, you got one, one thirty, one thirty, which is, you know, you might as well do like two one one or something. I don't know how you, you know, again, that's kind of a, then you do two, two, two when you're getting into high school and then one, two, two in consolation. So no big surprise there. Um, and then, Hey, you know, they, 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 they do have the masters and um, you know, they got one minute, one thirty, one thirty, one one one. So, uh, you know, Hey man, you know, if we can, uh, we can get in a shape or something, you know, Hey, we should go to this. And then, you know, talk about an episode and talk, you know, the, the experience and stuff. I think that would be a, a great thing to do. Don't you yeah, think? That would be interesting. So, Hey, I, I think, yeah, let's, uh, let's try and uh, plan this out for next year. Maybe. I mean, you know, what's interesting though. We're technically in different masters divisions. We are. Yeah. That, that is, um, I guess the way that they, they have it out, yeah, because it's I guess it's every eight years or so. But oh, yeah, it looks- look, oh look, Masters D is would wait a minute. 
Oh no, dad doesn't even fit in Masters D. Is there something, is there something older? No, oh, there we go. <laughs> Masters E is what our old man would be doing. <laughs> you, know, you know, the funny thing, he started wrestling as an adult and he went to those like, those like adult. He did one tournament and he went one and one. I remember. Well, let's be honest. With how in shape he is, he he is he, with how much in shape he is, he could probably go to that tournament and do much better than a lot of the the the. You know, he could probably get. That's if he, you know. Just because of the fact that he's in shape. Because let's face it, he's in better shape than either of us. <laughs> probably combined. Anyway, so with that being said, Matt, I think um, just a, a few news news uh, tidbits uh, to close out this episode. So, um, and uh, a big, you know, I want to give a shout out to Wrestle Report on Instagram. Uh, you know, for those watching our show, please uh, please give a Wrestle Report a uh, a follow on Instagram because uh, he put. Uh, a lot of this stuff I'm getting is, is from him. So just kind of um, some tidbits, trivia. So uh, looks like th- for this year at the national tournament, uh, the D2 level schools, Davis and Elkins, Alderson brought us and Lander universities all got their first all Americans. Uh, so congratulations to them at the D3 level. You had Averett, Alvernia, Castleton, Roanoke, and Southern Virginia all getting their first uh, All-Americans. Some things to look at you all had. Uh, The NAIA Coach of the Year was Coach Dana Vogt of Dwayne University. I believe that's in Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken. So he was the... uh, coach of the year based on um, votes from his peers. Uh, The school had four All-Americans this past tournament, plus they finished fifth place, which was their highest ever placing at the NAIA championships. Also, uh, for uh, for NAIA, you had uh, three wrestlers who did place uh, at the NAI championships this year, um, all became five-time All-Americans. You had Justin Portillo from Grandview, Armand Fayazi from Vanguard, and uh, I think I got this person's name wrong. Let me double-check to make sh- sure here. So, yes, and then Isaac Bartel of Montana State, I believe. I might have this. I might have this the other way around. So I think Justin. Sorry, Justin Portillo looks like is from Montana State, and Isaac Bartel is from Grandview. So um, if I got those wrong, I uh, apologize. Also, we had uh, there were nine wrestlers uh, that uh, were at the NJCAA tournament. And let me see if I can find this on here. So, yeah, nine wrestlers from the NJCAA tournament who placed this year. 
And they all became three-time All-Americans at the NJCAAs, um, thanks to the uh, receiving a third year of eligibility for COVID. Uh, Parker DeBrocky, uh, Marcus Branford, Jake Beeson, uh, DeVille Dentis, Christian Minto, Jose Rodriguez, Josh McFarlane, uh, Cole Feliciano, and Dan Baker. So that's uh, what we have. And then also uh, another tidbit from our good friend Wrestler Report. North Iowa area community college will be adding women's wrestling uh, for the upcoming 23-24 academic year. So congratulations to North Iowa area community college uh, for that. Um, Does NJCAA have women's wrestling? I do not believe so, but it looks so like it would have I, to be WCWA. Or, my, that would be my guess, actually. Either, uh, correction. either that, or it would be in the the uh, NCWA women's division because they they do have a women's division. Uh, just a small correction. Sorry, uh, fall twenty twenty two is when they will be starting the program. So, uh, with that being said, Matthew, uh, last thing, uh, USA Wrestling. Uh, again, from Wrestling Report, USA Wrestling has announced the Final X World Team Trials. Uh, the first part of it will be June 3rd at Oklahoma State at Gallagher uh, Arena. And then, um, yes, so Gallagher Eva Arena. So that will be June 3rd. And then uh, the second part of the World Team Trials will actually take place on the 8th of June. At Madison Square Garden. Oh. So the world championships, the senior world championships will be taking place in Serbia uh, from the 10th of September until the 18th of September. So let's see how that goes. Who's going to qualify? I think with the U.S. Open coming up in Vegas, that'll be another thing to look out for who qualifies for that. Obviously, top eight places from there get to go to the world team trials. Uh, other people that are able to qualify include the NCAA D1 champion, uh, among other various things. And so that's something we're hoping to cover in the future. Yeah, because there, there's there's like regional qual uh, qual the 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 U, the the World Team Trials is one of those things like there's like regional qualifiers. Um, Raphael Santana, you remember him? I remember him very well. Yeah, I. Um, he said he, he participated at the team trials. I wonder if maybe it was because of his Navy wrestling. Maybe, maybe. He was an interesting guy. <laughs> We've met some very interesting people. We've met some very interesting people in our, in our life. There's a couple people. Remember the middle school coach at Yokosuka? McGuire was his name. McGuire. Scott McGuire. Was it Scott McGuire? Man, yeah. I, I know for a fact he was a D1 wrestler. I would love to meet up with him someday. We should try tracking him down. I'm very sure it's not that hard to do in this day and age. Yeah, we, it, it, that, that, would, that, would be, that would be memorable. Again, to our audience, we're hoping that we're going we're gonna to be able to get some, some people to get interviewed on because uh, I think we really want to. You know, I think that's that's going to be something that we're looking forward to. For uh, I should note that I am making connections with 
um, members of West Hills, I might be able to score an interview sometime in the near future. All right, Matthew. So with that being said, and, uh, you know, so everyone, uh, again, Matthew uh, is on um, Instagram and Twitter, Matthew, I believe, and uh, you can follow him. I, on- I am also on Snapchat, but I don't really go on there that often. Like it's, it's been years. Be sure to check out Matthew's website, MMAfreak.com, uh, where he covers uh, uh, mixed martial arts related stuff. And we are, on, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and again, we do have an Instagram, but the Instagram isn't uh, hasn't been in use as much. But we are active on all the other platforms. So yeah, come and give us. Uh, Shout and then Matthew, uh, where can our audience find our our podcast? Okay, we are for our visual podcast. We are on YouTube and Rumble. For our audio contest, we are on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Other platforms will be added in the future. And uh, for some upcoming content, uh, the uh, Japanese Haru Basho. The Haru tournament, uh, March tournament, is over for sumo wrestling. So I'm hoping to uh, make a video regarding that. And uh, I'm hoping to make a Japanese uh, language video to cover the uh, Kazama Cup All Japan High School tournament. Also, also check, uh, also we are now putting up clips of our shows and they're proving to be successful so also be sure to check those out all right matthew well thank you as always and uh to everyone i hope you have a great night a great week and we will be seeing you next week uh for more samurai brothers wrestling talking about wrestling take care take care see you on the mat